Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now your hosts, Bela Sebro. She's the nice one. And Alan Skorsky. Uh, he's not so nice. But together they are the definitive rap. I'm Alan Skorsky with my co-host Bela Seabrow, and welcome to the definitive rap, where we discuss the news items the mainstream media just won't touch. The definitive rap is proud to be the official podcast of vinnews.com. The most important group in the world exposing the real Palestinian Authority is Palestinian Media Watch. And in a few minutes, Bela will introduce Itamar Marcus, the man behind this group. They monitor everything coming from the PA's media, education curriculum, cabinet meetings, propaganda to the world, and their true political intentions on negotiations with Israel. Whether they are exposed for teaching kindergarten children the glory of martyrdom to stating emphatically that they will never recognize Israel as a Jewish state to all of Israel as occupied Palestine. The evidence is abundantly clear to anyone whose head is not in the sand that a real peace deal and end to violence is not in the cards. But for anyone who watched the J Street conference last week, you would think that it is Bibi Netanyahu and the so-called Israeli right acting as the obstacles to peace. Here are just a few examples of Palestinian media watches reporting. On April 14th, they exposed the upcoming elections with the caption, nearly one-third of the 36 Palestinian parties running in the upcoming PA elections have logos that include the PA map that erases Israel. On April 12th from PATV, what Eichmann did to the Jews, Israeli Bennett is doing to us. And April 18th, the PA declared the Munich Olympics massacre planners presented spectacular aspects of pride, glory, and loyalty. And this past week, we saw exposures from Mahmoud Abbas in support of the riots against Israelis from Palestinians in Jerusalem. With everything that we know about the Palestinian Authority, we Americans must demand that all U.S. aid from the Biden administration be canceled. Bela? Thank you, Alan. I remember quite a while ago watching a documentary in which pregnant Palestinian women were featured saying how they hope that the child they are carrying will martyr him or herself. They spoke with glee how it would bring honor to the family. And although, although I always followed the stories of terrorism and sat in shock each time an attack occurred, I was a young woman at the time when I watched that documentary. And, and my, brain, my brain just couldn't fathom how a woman can carry and bring into the world a child specifically for the murder of innocent people. But this is essentially part and parcel of what we are dealing with here. Not only that, but Palestinian children's TV shows, such as The Best Home, have also featured poems promoting child sacrifice. Yes, I said sacrifice. I will not call them martyrs. In fact, in one segment, there was a feature where a young girl read a poem about dying as a martyr. 
We have with us today Itamar Marcus, as Alan just said, founder and director of Palestinian Media Watch. He's one of the foremost authorities on Palestinian ideology and policy. Mr. Marcus makes regular presentations to legislators, governments, and other decision makers exposing PA hate and terror promotion in education, sports, culture, and other frameworks that the PA controls. Mr. Marcus has received awards from the ZOA, Israel Media Watch, and Emmet, and he was recognized as being among the world's, according to the Algemeine Journal and, and lots of other people, as top 100 people positively influencing Jewish life or the state of Israel. Itamar, welcome to the Definitive Wrap. Palestinian and uh, Arab spokespeople yell and scream that Palestinian terrorism is the result of the Israeli so-called occupation of the West Bank and Gaza. And they also claim that the violence will cease only when the occupation will end. Yet Palestinian terrorism existed prior to the Six-Day War of June 1967 and even before the establishment of the State of Israel in May 1948. Meanwhile, despite the diplomatic claims of the Arab and Palestinian spokespeople, Palestinian terrorist groups such as Hamas and Hezbollah repeatedly declare that attacks will continue because Israel has no right to exist. So, in essence, historical reality proves that attacks will continue. No question about it. And your incredibly worthy organization, Itamar, is so much needed. So, please share with our listeners audience. What is Palestinian Media Watch all about? When did it start? What brought about its inception? And what exactly does your organization do with regard to bringing awareness and hopefully combating terrorism? Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Palestinian Media Watch uh, founded 1996, three years after the signing of the Oslo Accords. And our goal was to find out what was happening in the internal Palestinian world. Uh, We knew what they were telling uh, the media and the negotiators. We wanted to know what they were telling their children, what they were telling their adults, uh, the activities that children were involved in. We found there are two different worlds. There's the Arabic language world for their own people. This is what really matters. And there's the English language world, which very often is completely diametrically opposed to what they're telling their own people. And that's what I want to sort of share with you uh, today is give you a little insight into what's really happening in the Palestinian world. Um, Thank you. Our findings we bring around the world. I I go to uh, and I meet in most years uh, uh, between uh, members of over 20, sometimes 30 different parliaments and governments around the world. Some of them traveling to Israel. I travel to them. uh, And people are shocked by the material. People still believe the Palestinian Authority leadership, what they tell them in English. Abbas travels around the world. He goes to Washington. He goes to Europe. How much he wants peace. And like you said, he says, it's just the problem of the West Bank, Gaza Strip, and Jerusalem. And we have his own people. It's a whole different world. Uh, I'll give you one example, just about this point, which you mentioned as well. Um, They tell the world the problem is the occupation. Yes, it's true. But listen to what they tell their own people, what the occupation is. I'm going to share a video with you right now where you're going to see from official Palestinian television just just a short while ago what exactly it was they told uh, their people about what is the occupation. Thank you. 
السهل الساحلي الفلسطيني هو وجه فلسطين نحو البحر المتوسط والعالم العربي ونقطتي احتكاك حضري بين الشرق والغرب ويمثل بوابة فلسطين للعالم يمتد الساحل من جبل الكرمل شمالا إلى رفح على الحدود المصرية جنوبا ويقع بين المرتفعات الجبلية الفلسطينية شرقا والبحر الأبيض المتوسط غربا فيه العديد من الموانئ مثل ميناء حيفا وعكا ويافا وأسدود وعسقلان وغزة وقد توافدت عليه أمم مختلفة عبر العصور طمعا للاستفادة من موقعه وما زال الساحل الفلسطيني تحت الاحتلال الإسرائيلي منذ من ثمانية وأربعين Okay, Israel's coast, the Palestine's coast. But let me just show you one more, then I'll discuss this. This is from a Palestinian school book. Uh, mm-hmm. There could be no question about their message to their people, to their ch- children, uh, the text. This, is, this the, is in their textbooks. Well, this is in their official school book made for grade seven, a social studies textbook. And they have the picture of the map of all of Israel and the PA areas. And the text, the caption on this map is the components of the state, the geographical area. So what we're seeing is on this first issue already, on the issue of we're just against the occupation. Yes, they tell the world we're against the occupation, but they tell their own people that everything is an occupation. All of Israel, as you saw, every single coast, every port of Israel, every city of Israel, all the pictures they were showing, they were showing pictures of Akko. Uh, that's Israel. So in a sense, they're, they're telling the truth to the world. We're just against the occupation. But they're not telling the world that we mean every centimeter and millimeter of Israel. And like I said, that one map that I showed you is the only map. That's the only map the Palestinian Authority uses. And I would say we probably see hundreds of examples of it every month uh, in the Fatah and the Palestinian Authority. You mentioned earlier the problem of Hamas. The problem is not just Hamas, and that's the big myth. Right. Yeah, that was just an example, yeah. Hamas is the problem. The problem is the Palestinian Authority. Right. So let me ask you right now, as you know, under this new administration, they are resuming all relations. They are undoing everything that Donald Trump uh, had tried to do, and they were resuming relations with the Palestinian Authority. They're giving hundreds of millions of dollars or reopening the PLO mission. Um has this evidence been presented to members of Congress? Um, because what you're saying now should end the discussion. And this is what always you know, surprises me is that it's not like there is open to interpretation. They said something, but they didn't really mean it. Since we know what they are saying, is this evidence being presented to the U.S. Congress uh, as we currently speak? Well, uh, in the past, I've appeared in front of uh, numerous committees, the Foreign Affairs Committee, many times uh, in Congress. I've appeared in front of appropriations. I've appeared at many lectures and and, and invitations of members of of Congress. And I have to point out, this is not a uh, partisan issue. I have been invited to the Foreign Affairs Committee by Bob Berman, who was a Democrat when he was the chair, and Eliana Ross Light, and when she was Republican chair, uh, I had press conferences. I had a press conference with uh, with Hillary Clinton uh, in the Senate when she was a senator, um, and so Republicans and Democrats alike are horrified by the way the Palestinian Authority is really lying to them and presenting a completely different message to their own people. Um, the message of anti-Semitism is a message that strikes 
home for some reason, sometimes more. You can, um, a Palestinian can say he wants to kill all Israelis and people are going to shrug and yawn. But if, the, if they somehow, but if they, if they say that the Jews are evil, they, they, uh, they say, oh, really? They said that? Well, I'm going to show you an example now. This is Mahmoud Abbas's Fatah party. Now, they, they are the most important movement. Uh, Mahmoud Abbas is the head of the Fatah party, and they have an education division that produces documentaries. Now, I want to show you a few, about a minute or half a minute of a little documentary here, which is talking about the Jewish role in Europe and explaining why the Jews were hated in Europe. This is official Fatah uh, produced, and they broadcast this on their official Facebook page, and I will show this to you uh, right now. هناك في أوروبا يقيم القوم مخيماتهم ما نسكناه ديتوهات ضيقة تبنى أعمدتها على الانفكاك عن البشر مرورا وشمئزازا من أغيار لا يرتقون إلى مكانتهم من أناس هم أفاع أبناء وأفاع حسب رؤيتهم هناك تحاف كل مؤامرات الاستغلال المادي والبشري للغير ويكره سكان الأرض ديتوهات القوم ومخازن تصدير الحقد والاستغلال ليتحولوا الى مكون معاد okay, Jews were hated because of their racism and filthy behavior I want to show you before I come back to you I want to show you uh, some of the other quotes in this uh, documentary because I can't show the whole thing the Jewish tribe led the project to enslave humanity Jews allied with the Nazis to burn Jews Jews say only we are people, others are animals. And again, what I just showed you, Jews were hated because of their racism and filthy behavior. Now, this message comes from the top. I want to show you, I won't play this because it takes a while, but this is Mahmoud Abbas speaking on television. And he's talking about anti-Semitism. And he talks about, he said, the Jews in Europe were subjugated to massacres by some state every 10 to 15 years, ending in the Holocaust. Then he asks, but why did this happen? He said it's not due to their religion, but due to their social role. The Jewish problem due to the social role was connected to usury, banks, so on. The Jews brought massacres on themselves, according to the top person in the Palestinian Authority. We bring it on ourselves. Just a few weeks ago, they had, again on PATV, uh, a documentary, and they said the Holocaust was the Jews' payment to the, by the Europeans because of our wickedness in Europe. So it's a consistent message that Palestinian people are growing up on. And the final example of this, is this just appeared uh, in February. Oh this, uh, this is the Fatah Commission of Information and Culture, that same one that produced that video that you just saw. And here we have, of course, this is uh, Hitler and Netanyahu in the, in the same uh, picture. And the text here on top is Adolf Netanyahu. So... Yeah. So what we're seeing here, what we're seeing here is that the Palestinian Authority, people assume that the conflict is about land. It's not. It's about Jews. The Palestinians tell their people the problem, the international problem, the problem that the entire world faces, Europe faced it, was the Jews. The Jews were killed throughout history because of who we are. This is the message coming from the Palestinian Authority. Yeah, it's Tamar. How do Israeli civilians in general view Palestinian Media Watch? And also, do government officials work together with your organization? The reason I'm asking is because several years ago, I, I believe it was in 2013, uh, an Israeli district court criticized you and um, PMW. Can you please tell us about that? 
the the court didn't criticize uh, me and PMW. The court said that this was, by the way, it wasn't a case about PMW. This was a case of a terror of, a, of an Israeli who was murdered by a Palestinian terrorist, and the the family was suing the Palestinian Authority. And I, my job was to show, I was an expert witness to show that the Palestinian Authority was responsible for his death, even though they didn't specifically pull the trigger. Uh, and I showed dozens of examples of the Palestinian Authority inciting to murder. Uh, and the, the judge ruled that, yes, I proved that the Palestinian Authority did incite to murder, but we weren't able to prove that we incited that they incited the murder in this specific case. So the judge ruled against this uh, this family. I'll just add this was the the first case where I, I was an expert witness in many cases since then in Israel, and every one of those cases so far has been a decision for the family. In other words, that was the only case where the judge ruled that we had to prove that what I showed in all the other cases that it was so overwhelming. Right. And I also talked about the salary that they paid to the service after the fact. And once the judge heard, in fact, I'll never forget when the judge realized, when I showed to him that the Palestinian Authority rewards every terrorist in prison with a high yes. monthly salary, which goes as high as almost four times the average Palestinian salary. That was it for him. And that was the main part of his decision in, in all the other cases where, uh, where so they work with you. So at, at this point, they do. I mean, the government works with you, with your organization. Do you work together? Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Of course. So first Good. of all, um, when 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 Israel, uh, after the Taylor Force Act came into the United States, which which right. said basically that the Palestinian Authority, because they pay salaries to terrorists, cannot get any American funding. Uh, the Israeli Knesset then actually turned to me and said can, that they wanted to do the same thing. I was invited into the Security and Foreign Affairs Committee, I'm sorry, uh, Defense and Foreign Affairs Committee, where I made a full presentation to the members of Knesset. Um, they started writing the law. I was invited back to every hearing in this committee and eventually helped them uh, pass this law. And actually at the vote in the Knesset, the Knesset members who sponsored the law actually from the podium thanked me for for helping them with the law. So we work very closely with the Israeli government. We've worked very closely with Congress over the years. I'll say one more thing on this issue. Four countries, not just the United States, four countries in total cut off funding to the Palestinian Authority because of these salaries, three of all of them directly because of our intervention. Unbelievable. Wonderful. What amazing work you do. Australian members of parliament were in my office in Israel. I showed them two weeks later, they went back and Australia froze the funding. I was in Dutch parliament. And two weeks after I was there, parliament voted 94 to 56 to cut funding. So people are listening around the world. uh, And it's costing the Palestinian Authority literally hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Good. Good. Wonderful. Thank you. Right now, you know, there's the threat of the international court coming after Israel. Are, Are you going to be involved in that at all? We submitted, um, in the very beginning, we submitted a brief to the International Court, and we argued that uh, the Palestinian Authority uh, is not a state. We gave all the right reasons, but the court was, was, as you know, very biased. We also pointed out, very important, we pointed out the fact that the Palestinian Authority pays salaries to terrorists. And this prosecutor, who is very anti-Israel, actually stated in one of her decisions that the Palestinian Authority, because they pay salaries to terrorists, might themselves be liable 
to be brought before the court. So that's very significant. That's very significant. That's the input. And in addition, we're going to be taking other steps now uh, to really make it difficult for the Palestinian Authority to continue with this uh, prosecution. And following the news this week, um, there are violent riots going on through the month of Ramadan. And do you think that this will delay the election? Um, Do you think that Israel will allow Arabs into Jerusalem to vote in the potential election? Well, I'll start with the second question. Israel can't allow Arabs to vote in Jerusalem for the very simple reason. You have terror organizations running in this election. You've got Hamas running. You've got the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine running. They use, of course, different names. There are terrorists who are convicted murderers on their lists running on the list for the Knesset. So Israel cannot participate and allow the participation. This is a fundamental issue. We're not allowing... Jerusalem, which is our capital, every bit of Jerusalem is our capital, and we're not going to allow uh, terrorists to to run an election uh, in our in our city. So, so that's the thing. Uh, now, what will Mahmoud Abbas do? Mahmoud Abbas was never intending on canceling the elections. However, he has been so corrupt, and when I say so corrupt, polls, Palestinian polls, the last three or four years have found about eighty percent of the population finding him in every poll that he's corrupt, the government is corrupt, 65% for a number of years now have been demanding that he resign. Uh, And then what's happened, because he's so corrupt, his Fatah party broke up into three different parties. So what's happening is Hamas, and by the way, even before Fatah broke up into three parties, Hamas was ahead of them in the polls. So what's going to happen now is if they have elections in May 23rd, as is scheduled, the Palestinian Authority, Fatah, is going to disappear and Hamas is going to win the elections, as they did, by the way, in 2006. Hamas right. won in 2006, uh, even when Fatah was strong. They won both in Gaza and in the West Bank, and they controlled completely controlled the parliament. So, see, there's a myth that people think that the Palestinian population is moderate in the West Bank and they're extreme in Gaza. It's not true at all. The Palestinian Authority, Hamas, I'm sorry, Hamas is very popular, both in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, they were ahead in the polls, and now they're certain, certain to to win if they have elections. So what is Mahmoud Abbas doing? He's decided to use this excuse of the Israeli elections, um, that I'm sorry, that Israel isn't allowing voting in Jerusalem uh, in order to cancel the elections, and we'll find out if he does this in the next day or two. Let me ask you a political question in a non-political way, so therefore we're not taking any sides. Um, Since the new administration has put together new members, new officers, um, have you spoken with any of them at all? Because here in America, groups like ZOA are monitoring um, all the different cabinet picks from this administration and their history vis-a-vis Israel, the Palestinians, Iran. Um, and most of them do not look terribly friendly. Ha- have you had a chance to speak with any of them at this point, or has it had not has it, has it had not gotten to that point yet, where um, you know you're talking with the uh, people? My plans originally were to come, uh, let's say, a month after the the swearing in and the new administrations taking place, uh, because of COVID, travel has not been possible, and Zoom meetings aren't as effective. I decided I would wait until travel would be open. Uh, and really what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm looking towards June to go to Washington and to spend a few days there and meet with uh, people, hopefully in the administration, as many Democrats as possible, meet with my Republican 
Republicans as well, let everybody know, and hopefully have uh, even some joint events with Republicans and Democrats who support Israel and make them realize that we need a united front in the United States against people who are creating the myth that the Palestinian Authority is an honest peace partner. Everybody has to know the truth. Right. Um, Itamar, um, I'm curious about something. You're kept well informed of Palestinian happenings. You, you, you just, you're just in the know. Um, so do you think the coronavirus had an impact on terrorism or the planning of attacks? Oh, definitely did. We had a tremendous drop in terror this past year. Uh, first of all, of course, we have to give the Israeli army credit, but mm. beyond the Israeli army and security services, uh, the the Palestinian Authority, which spends so much of its time in the media uh, promoting terror, inciting terror, inciting hatred, yeah. all of a sudden they were busy, uh, you know, warning people not to leave their houses, telling people, um, you know, that they had to keep their masks on. I, I might, I, I don't want you to think that they stopped inciting hatred. Uh, the early part of this year, daily. Daily and the official Palestinian spokespeople were saying that Israel was intentionally spreading COVID-19 amongst Palestinians. Saeed Barikat, uh, who has recently himself died from COVID, all of these people went on TV and they all said Israel is trying to spread COVID, which of course creates hatred and fear. It's basically saying Israel is trying to murder as many Palestinians as possible. By the way, this was happening at the same time that we were sending in tons of materials to the Palestinian Authority every day by truck. And you know what? It wasn't even mentioned in the Palestinian Authority official media. So everything good that Israel did for them to help them was blacked out. And they created this fantasy hate world of Israel trying to poison them. That is the essence of the Palestinian Authority. You know, I want to ask you, um, on our show, we have interviewed um, Palestinians and Muslims who are very anti-Fatah uh, and who oppose anti-Semitism. We interviewed someone named Ghanem Nusebi and Ashraf al-Jabari from Hebron, and they seem to be very, very much on our side. Do you work at all with other pro-peace or you know more moderate uh, Arabs uh, who who oppose Fatah and do want to reach an accommodation with Israel? Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, in the past, we've actually had uh, uh, an Arabic language translator. We, we have today uh, about 10 Arabic language translators. There was not so long ago. One of them was actually a, a Palestinian. I don't want to mention even his city, so not to sure. endanger him. Um, we, and I meet, uh, I've met with Palestinian peace groups. There is a Palestinian um, whose city I will not even mention, but who's met with me uh, with uh, foreign politicians, with, for example, with members of the Dutch parliament. And he describes, well, and the way we divide it up is I make a presentation. I showed videos like what I showed you. I showed quotes from the school books. I showed quotes from the leadership. And I'll speak for, let's say, half an hour. And then he spoke afterward. And the combination was incredibly powerful because he said all of that material, all of that hatred, I was brought up on all that hatred. That's his message to, that was his message to the members of parliament. Um, and then they had questions for him and he begged them not to create a Palestinian state with this leadership. He's not anti-Palestinian, he loves Palestinians, but he said, we can never have a state of freedom and democracy. Uh, if you if you support these people, you must stop support. Now, the truth is the Netherlands is one of the countries that cut off full funding because of our work on the salaries. Uh, but he was just telling them, don't push, don't help them politically, because it's 
It's not just going to be a disaster for Israel. We as Palestinians are never going to survive a leadership like this. And, and that's such an important message. Uh, and I hope as soon as, um, as soon as we can travel again, uh, I hope to be traveling with Palestinians uh, who really understand that it's Israel who wants peace and Israel wants, Israel wants more good for the Palestinian people than their own leadership does. We have just about a minute or two left. Um, Just, I'm curious, um, how does your organization uh, function? Do you have a full staff? Um, Do you recruit? How, how do, how do people join your worthy cause? So today we have, uh, 15 people. We had 20 before COVID. I had to cut back last year because of potential drop in, in contributions. Uh, like I said before, we have about, I guess, nine or 10 of them are, are researchers because we have to research the entire Palestinian world. Um, and then the rest of us are people who do the writing of the reports and, and, and meeting with the media and, and getting the, the reports out to the media. So, so that's the way the organization does it. We, we, are, we, we have special antennas on the roof so that we can get uh, over 50, 60 different uh, Arabic language stations, including all the Palestinian stations. We created a program. We get all of their newspapers and Facebook feeds and all the important ones right, on, right onto our server every single day as soon as there's new material. So we literally know the pulse. We, we see the pulse of the Palestinian yeah. Authority and we go through it every single day. Uh, people can help. People, first of all, can join our email list and can help Israel by getting our material to their congressmen, to their senators. We have people who've created media groups and they take Palestinian Media Watch material and when they see there's a journalist, an important journalist in their city who's not presenting the honest story, they call up, they're polite, we'd like to meet you, we think there's information you have to get. They go and they meet and they show and they've got impacted. So I welcome all of your listeners to to go to our website, that's palwatch.org, where they can join up uh, and uh, uh, join up on, and get our material, and then fight for Israel with the material. They can go to Washington. They, in fact, I would say even beyond that, I can. If someone's going to Washington to meet, with, and I've done this for many people, for many organizations, if you're going to Washington and you're going to be meeting with members of Congress, I can put together 15, 20 minute, half an hour presentation for you uh, and send it to you, and then you can be literally a, a presenter of the PMW material, and you can have your congressmen and senators' eyes popping out and saying, oh, my God, I can't believe that's what the PA is doing. Right. That's what we need to do because I was going to – everyone always asks you, what should we do? And my answer is I know what we need to do, but you need to tell us what we're doing wrong because until now, obviously, we have been dropping the ball. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We are out of time. Um, It was truly an honor having you join us on the Definitive Wrap. Um, if you could just please tell our audience one last time how they can sign up for your emails. So our web our website is palwatch.org. Go to the website uh, and on the homepage, you'll see it'll talk. There's a box on top where you can, where you can sign up. And of course you can just go in every day also and all the newest material, but right. it's best also to actually have it into your inbox and you you can also follow it by Facebook and get it by, by Twitter. Then you know what's going on. Thank you for enlightening us about Palestinian Media Watch and about your important work. Thank you to our listening audience for tuning in and to vinews.com for being their official podcast. Itamar, may God bless you and watch over you and Israel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. 
Thanks for listening to The Definitive Wrap with your hosts, Bela Sebro and Alan Skorsky. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can listen to The Definitive Wrap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Wrap.